Hello, this is Gurmeher from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 13th of February. The first part of the budget session ended today. The parliament will reconvene on the 13th of March to review the budget papers. On Monday, the Rajya Sabha session was disrupted as opposition leaders protested, making it difficult for the House to function smoothly. According to Union Minister Piyush Goyal, this was a direct disrespect to the chair and the opposition's motive was to prevent peaceful dialogue. Chairman Jagdeep Dhankar stated that he was constrained to act if the House continued to be disrupted. The opposition continued to raise slogans and demanded a probe into allegations against the Adani group and the revocation of MP Rajni Patel's suspension. Union Minister Piyush Goyal, meanwhile, demanded an apology for the opposition's unruly behaviour during the PM's reply to the motion of thanks to the President's address. The House was adjourned briefly and reconvened at 11am. The chairman warned several MPs and expunged Malikarjan Karge's remarks, stating he wouldn't allow the leader of opposition to imply allegations that the chair is acting under pressure. The chairman rejected notices submitted by the opposition MPs and continued with the day's proceedings as the opposition resorted to sloganeering. The Fifth Amendment of the Constitution, Scheduled Tribes Order Bill 2022, was moved in the Rajya Sabha today to amend the Constitution for the inclusion of certain communities in the Scheduled Tribes list in Chhattisgarh. Meanwhile in the Lok Sabha, Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman highlighted India's efforts to develop a collective approach to cryptocurrency regulation within the G20. The minister stated that cryptocurrencies in India are largely unregulated and that a standalone effort by one country to control and regulate is ineffective. The goal is to have a standard operating procedure emerge from the discussions in the G20 that leads to a comprehensive all-country approach to regulating cryptocurrencies. The Union Minister of State for Education, Subhas Sarkar, informed the Lok Sabha that there are over 14,000 faculty vacancies in higher education institutions under the Ministry of Education. The vacancies are due to retirements, resignations and the increasing student strength. The Ministry has directed all central higher education institutions to fill these vacancies in the mission mode. In response to allegations that GST compensation to Kerala has been neglected, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman stated that compensation is released when audited figures are provided. Still, Kerala has not submitted these for five years. Meanwhile, Congress MP Manish Tiwari submitted a notice for an adjournment motion in the Lok Sabha, seeking a discussion on the Indochina border situation. Today, Prime Minister Modi inaugurated the five-day Aero India program at the Yelahanka Air Force Station in Bangalore, showcasing India's growth in the aerospace and defence sector. With 98 countries in participation, the event is themed as a runway to a billion opportunities. It is aimed at boosting the government's Make in India pitch in the defence sector. Prime Minister Modi emphasised the event's significance as a demonstration of the world's trust in New India. He noted the participation from several countries, including MSMEs, startups and established companies. He also spoke about the success of the Make in India initiative and the country's aim to increase defence exports to $5 billion by 2024-25. He emphasised that India is not just a market for defence companies but is also a partner. He pointed to indigenous projects such as the Tejas fighter plane and the INS Vikrant as examples of Make in India strength. The event also included a defence minister's conclave and a CEO roundtable to strengthen partnerships with friendly nations. This year's event featured multiple variants of indigenous air platforms, including the light combat aircraft stages, light combat helicopter and advanced light helicopter. Two F-35s of the US Air Force also made their India debut at the event. The Supreme Court has rejected a legal challenge to the delimitation process in Jammu and Kashmir. 
Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul and A.S. Oka ruled that the petitioners had not challenged the constitutional validity of the provision in the Jammu and Kashmir Reorganization Act that gives the Delimitation Commission the power to adjust the boundaries of the Union Territory's constituencies, the Baron Bench reported. During the hearing, the court asked why the petitioners only challenged the notifications and not the source of the government's authority, which is Section 62, Clause 2 of the 2019 Act. The petitioners, represented by Ravi Shankar Jandiala and others, argued that the Election Commission of India was the only body with the power to conduct the delimitation exercise according to Section 60 of the 2019 Act and that delimitation could not be based on the 2011 census according to Article 170 of the Constitution. The government countered that there were two ways to carry out delimitation in the Union Territory, either through the Election Commission or through the Delimitation Commission. The Home Ministry and the Election Commission of India argued that the delimitation orders had become law and could not be challenged in the court. The delimitation order came into effect on 20th of May last year. The petition was filed by Haji Abdul Ghani Khan and Dr. Muhammad Ayub Mattu and questioned the notifications establishing the delimitation commission and the extension of its term for Jammu and Kashmir. Listeners, a 32-year-old man from Gandhinagar recently lost his life while attempting to cross the border to the US but he is just one of the many victims of the dangerous world of illegal immigration. A new NLCNA series, Ways to Disappear, will look at the hidden camps run by touts and try to uncover the truth behind the American dreams, which have fatal consequences. Contribute to this NLCNA project to help us tell the story. We bring you such analysis and reports only because you've got our back. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. The Supreme Court has ruled that someone who has encroached on land cannot be considered a transferee under Section 51 of the Transfer of Property Act of 1882. This section mentions the rights of those who amend a property considering it their own and are later evicted by someone with a better claim. Whether such people have a right to claim either monetary compensation or to sell it at market price to the person with a better claim. The court's division bench, consisting of Justices B.R. Gavai and C.T. Ravi Kumar, stated that in order for Section 51 to apply, the occupant of the land must possess it under the belief that they have a good title to the property and their possession must not be through someone else but instead must be adverse to the title of the true owner. The court also observed that allowing a trespasser to purchase another person's property against their will would be unjust. In the present case, of Beni Prasad through LR versus Durga Devi, the Supreme Court found that the appellant failed to establish that they were a transferee under the TP Act and their encroachment on the disputed land made them ineligible for the protection provided by Section 51. A spokesperson for the Sri Lankan Army has denied that former LTTE leader Velupillai Prabhakar is alive and said the country has records to prove that he is dead, according to ABP News. This came hours after Para Nedumaran, a leader of the Tamil nationalist movement, claimed that the former LTTE leader is alive. At a press conference in Tanjavur, Nedumaran claimed that the former leader of the LTTE would soon emerge in public. He said the circumstances for the same are perfect considering the Sinhalese protest against Mahinda Rajapaksa and the global scenario. Prabhakaran was declared dead by the Sri Lankan government troops on 18th of May 2009 marking the end of a civil war that lasted for over two and a half decades. However, some Tamil nationalist hardliners have doubted the official version of events and believe that Prabhakaran may still be alive and on the run. Nedumaran referred to Prabhakaran as the Tamil nationalist leader and claimed that he was in good health. 
He called on Tamilians to support Prabhakaran, who he said would soon announce a plan for the betterment of Tamils. Nedumaran also called on the Indian government to take steps to prevent China from increasing its presence in Sri Lanka. He urged Tamil Nadu government, political parties and people to show their support for Prabhakaran. When asked for proof of his claims, Nedumaran declined to answer, stating that they were in touch with the LTT leader. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.